to Sin City with Nick Menezes and Dane McLean. Live chat about everything cinema, from new releases, iconic films, and plenty more for you movie lovers. Live for CMRU.ca. And now, to the men behind the mic. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Sin City. I'm one of your hosts, Nick Manessis. Today's an episode we've been so hyped to do since, well, since the start, I guess, which is a crossover between us and DMURBF. I present to you our guest, the incomparable Brendan Flasky. And joining us is our guest host, the amazing Ben Goodman. Hello. Hello. And hello to the incomparable Bren Flasky. Thanks for coming on board. Thanks. Thanks so much. It feels it feels great being on Sin City finally. Oh, yeah. so much hype. So much hype. Glad <laughs> to have you here, yeah. Ben tells me you've been following our show a lot, Brendan. Yeah, I didn't even know you guys had a show or what was going on. I remember, I remember Ben telling me, like, there was talks of Dane doing another show, but I was like, oh, okay, whatever. I don't know if it's just starting or what's going on. And then I find out that, holy crap, it's like you guys have been doing this for a hot minute now. And I was like, wow, okay. And then I, I started about maybe like a quarter, a third in, and I started binging. I haven't, like, heard all yeah. your earlier stuff, but I definitely yeah. You, you weren't lost though. It's not like it's like a bin. It's not like you start Breaking Bad midway. Like you can no. follow the plot going, but but then you've got these. You got gems from the beginning to listen to. Oh yeah, yeah. CC gems. Like I was just telling Ben yesterday. I was just uh, I was just listening to a, a bigger fish. I believe that's what the episode was a called. A bigger boat. A bigger boat, not a bigger fish. I was thinking about Jaws. Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> that is a big fish. Yeah, it was good. Killer fish. Oh, yeah. no? Not those spoiled jaws, but you know, <laughs> killer fish. Great. As bad as it is, I still haven't seen Jaws. But no. That's. I mean, you I've seen. You and DM. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are in the same boat. No pun intended. Hey. <laughs> that's what I come here for. Just yeah. the puns. Really yeah. <laughs> great to have you here, BF. Yeah. Like. Yeah, I felt like this really had to happen because, you know, you usually invite me on your show, of course, DMURBF, so I figured, you know, the roles have been reversed now, so. Yeah. <laughs> a the inviter has become the invitee. <laughs> right. What an honor. So great to be here. Oh, and Ben, since we're since we're kind of live right now, congratulations on your new podcast, Periodical Prattle. Well, thank you so much. You can check it out on speaker.com slash Zoe Broadcasting. It's on Spotify, eventually on Apple. I'm not going to keep uh, promoting that, but thanks for Nick for the plug so I can get that in there. <laughs> so uh, before we get to today, um, how you how you guys doing, by the way? Like, like, can you believe that it's been seven months since all this crap's been going on? And just... Yeah. Seven months. Oof. That's a long time. It's yeah, been, you know, Brainiac Lays had the song One Week. Oh, my gosh. They, imagine they could do a version no called Seven more. Months. Recap and this, that become a more depressing version of that you know the bare naked ladies nick um, the institution oh i i have heard of them yeah but I never got a chance to it's crazy because it's like a 98 they, it was an american hit one week and they look like dorky dads they're like on pop radio with like brandy and monica all this stuff but that's got nothing to do with anything but shout out to bnl quarantine's been wild to say the least oh yeah sure fuck wild 
And um, how about you, BF? Like, how you how you been doing? Like, what what you been up to lately? Uh, I've been trying a lot of new stuff, you know, uh, mainly because I'm bored. <laughs> so I've just been, yeah, focusing on stuff that I never really thought I'd be doing, like uh, yoga, for instance. I've I decided, you know, I have a I have a yoga mat. I'm oh, nice. Actually, take this seriously, and I realized because like one day I was trying to stretch because I was trying to get fit again, and you know, stretching is important when it comes to fitness. And so I was like, and I could bend like halfway down, and I couldn't even like I couldn't even get past like my kneecaps when I wanted to like touch my toes. And I'm like, that is so sad. That is so sad. So I get more limber. Yeah, and I was like, and it just really hit me. I don't know, I was just like, I was like, I'm 25. I don't think like I should be this unflexible. <laughs> and it's, it's just so embarrassing. So it was really eye-opening and then I, believe it like this so i tried to do this at the beginning of february and you know i was it was hit or miss and then you know march and covid hit and then everyone was indoors and i'm just like okay now i have no excuse and then i've been doing it every single day since and i can i can touch my toes and it feels great i feel i'm just like i I did it guys but it's just it's just the beginning you know like i'm still so inflexible and yeah we'll see where it goes start yeah yeah it's a start uh and then on top of that i've just been trying a bunch of other stuff recently got into biking been watching new movies since city inspires uh listening to a bunch of podcasts from cmru and sob and just yeah. everyone it's been a it's been a trip you know i've just been i've just been trying to keep busy i recently got back into gaming again oh yeah sort of yeah i was just playing the spider-man game that came out like four yeah. years ago <laughs> yeah yeah so I, was, I don't know it's uh it's been processed but you know i'm excited the only game I want to play is Flight Simulator 2020. That's oh, what I want to play. I get my hands on that. Yeah. Have you heard about this oh. Flight Simulator 2020, Nick Menensis uh, of Hosted Sin City? Oh, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I've, you've, you've mentioned it in uh, in our group chat, the RTG. Oh, that's right. I have. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's the most lifelike graphics I have ever seen for any game. Because it's like, you know, it's, it's just supposed to be a simulator and you're flying above any city you want, day or night. Like Kid Cudi, it's incredible. I love it. <laughs> I mean, you've heard of open world sandboxes. I mean, this is the this is the epitome of open world when it comes to video games. It's because it's the whole world. Yeah, <laughs> it's incredible. In your hands oh. as you control it. Yeah, as a pilot. And not to mention it, like I have actually, I haven't been to gaming since quarantine started, but I have re- lately, recently during the start of this month. Have you guys ever heard or played uh, Dead by Daylight? I have not. No, I'm unfamiliar. Uh, well, uh, Dead by Daylight is uh, this is a really great game if you're a, f- a huge fan of horror. Like, you get there are two. It's basically a survival horror game where you get to play as either as a killer or a survivor, and you wow. and as a selling point, it also features some of the most iconic. Like, you get to play some of the most iconic horror villains like Freddy Krueger, Michael Myers, and Leatherface. Oh. It's like it's like the Kingdom Hearts of horror. Like, you'll get all the guys there. Oh, I actually have heard. I've seen gameplay of this. Yeah, I remember I saw this and I was like, what is this? And then, I don't know, I just didn't pay attention because I think, is it only on Steam? I don't think it's on the consoles. It's on PlayStation 4. You can download it. Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh, Oh, that's cool. I got to check this out. This looks dope. (laughs) Or or even more, you get to play as uh, the demo Gorgon from Stranger Things. No way. (laughs) Pyramid Head from Silent Hill. Oh, wow. oh, that's great. 
That's they, good. They got all that IP, all those different characters. Oh, wait, in how much are they paying for that? That's, that's what I want to know. That's like, what I'm saying. So expensive. Yeah. Unless it's owned by, I don't know what for every production house for all these horror films. Yeah, there has to be a lot of a lot of yeah. deals, a lot of deals behind the scenes. And oh, deal yeah. making. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a game I want to see. The deals getting that. That's a that should be a boring game. It's like Shark Tank, but deals. for horror IP. Oh, love that. <laughs> Love that. So specific, so niche. That's right at Ben's alley. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Love it. And um, also, um, Brendan, tell me, how does it feel uh, to to not to you know work for Ben? For Ben, by the way, you know. Uh, I mean, I can't really say anything bad because he's in the room. But Ben, yeah. just uh, cover your ears for a second. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's been great. It's, it honestly has. Like in the beginning, I was like, "Oh, you know, I, I'm, I don't know if everyone has this, but like, I, I know well most people they don't like working. Uh, <laughs> surprise, surprise. Uh, jobs kind of jobs suck. Uh, yeah. yeah, and everybody knows. Work sucks. I know. As Blink One Two said. <laughs> I was trying to sneak that in there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I wasn't really looking forward to it. I was like, oh, an internship, and I have to do a bunch of work. And, you know, I like what I do, but at the end of the day, it's, it's still work. Uh, so uh, when I applied to this job, I was like, hey, maybe this, this won't be so bad. And, and it honestly wasn't. It was actually good. Actually, actually good. Actually good. Yeah, Ben was great the whole time. We got on these long calls, and we just, like, shot the crap. And, yeah, it we just we, too. we had worked. a great yeah, I think we did a little bit of that. This is a CMRU production, so you know who knows. Who's... <laughs> We're not playing favorites here, but yeah, it was it was it was a good process, you know. And Ben really, uh, he was a creative drive behind like so many projects. I think we had. Oh yeah. And he would just like he would okay them, and you know yeah. we got his approval. Nice man. Yeah. Really, yeah. It was like, great. I've I've seen I've checked the Society of Broadcasting website and I've seen some posts that say by Brendan Flarsky and uh, Dylan Flark. <laughs> like, what, what, what do you do and um, what's your job basically? Like, do you uh, post stuff for uh, social media? Give, give me the deeds, please. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So for this job, we were instructed with creating a website that was the first and foremost, and then we kind of had to rebrand the society through the website, and we kind of pivoted it from you know like a community hub, or at least this is what I. I had in mind. I don't know if they're going to continue on or how many ideas of mine they they they're going to fully adapt in the future because I mean it's COVID times and it's a lot of uncertainty, right? Mm-hmm. But my my idea was to make the Society of Broadcasting, especially the website, like a place for filmmakers, content creators to just come together and uh, allocate resources for them for anyone to use royalty, copyright free. And this includes sound effects. This includes stock footage. This includes ideas, writing prompts. You name it the society has it uh well not yet i mean it's, it's a work in progress they it's have a little, yeah <laughs> really good so, and, yeah it's all uh, community contributed so yeah. if we get it big enough you know the more input we have the bigger yeah. we get and you know how it goes and uh, my job is to basically facilitate that make sure it's easy to use make sure we can get because no one wants to use their website that's a pain in the butt with like a thousand pop-ups like mm-hmm. that's that's your that's how you're going to turn everyone off so uh me and dylan and we really worked on this and we talked about like what the average person wanted and we kind of had to get in the mind of someone who's coming from the outside and how they're looking in and yeah that was my job and also to create content you know did a lot of dmrbf promos as well as for other shows 
uh, did a lot of graphics here and there. And yeah, did the logo yeah. contest. You did that too, Nick. Yeah, I did. Yeah. And then remind me, where, where in our in the ranking did our logos make it, by the way? Top six, top seven? Oh, you're going to... Oh, Nick. Oh. So you, me, and Dane were tied for fifth. Uh, just before the next round and then dang i don't know how he did this but he beat you and me we were tied nick you and me were tied. personally yeah i don't want to start anything but i think your logo was better than my end but he beat us <laughs> yeah i'm not making accusations i mean we did some wheeling and dealing on the side dane i don't know how but he snuck yeah. in he did some and backdoor deals round i was like what i mean my logo was okay i'm not pretending it's great or anything but i i nick yours is so good i mean you're a designer like you're a graphic designer well artist no. i don't know if you do graphic design but i know you do art no, maybe no. it translates uh, i mean kind of. it's in city right so. uh, yeah i designed the logo yeah. but kind of it's kind of iffy for me but yeah yeah still even though uh, you know our our logos didn't win still no no hard feelings for the man the main man <laughs> <laughs> no, no hard feelings. I mean, I mean, I'm still salty, but you know, I've gotten over it. Yeah. I was more salty on the day that two I months out. later. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, no, it was fun. It was fun. You know, now that it's, I guess we're basically over. I mean, I'm still going to be doing work. Uh, obviously yes. we're going to have uh, little projects going on that the society's going to run. Like uh, I pitched a writer's room, which I don't know how into writing you are, Nick, but yeah, hopefully we can get some action there. I've, I have a bunch of scripts written and I'm just, and it's really hard because you know, like, especially I remember when you guys were talking about Jaws, how they had like so many complications and so many issues and they got the a release time set in the, the middle of summer, which was unfavorable at the time. And it was just like everything just kind of sucks. And it was just like yeah. this movie shouldn't have succeeded. Just like that's how I'm kind of approaching these films. Like, even though there's COVID, even though we can't meet up in person, even though that logistically we won't know when we can go actually back to filming, you know, statistically speaking our film shouldn't succeed but i'm but i mean if jaws can do it why can't we Absolutely. that's going to be a picture that i'm taking good outlook yeah yeah i think the more um hindrances you have i guess on your project the more you have to be creative and, that, and i feel like that really shines through so that's what i'm trying to do at the moment nice man it definitely shows yeah Can, by looking at your work on the website i'm guessing you are close to winning employee of the month for sure brendan <laughs> <laughs> quite the opposite yeah. <laughs> i'm not gonna get into it but yeah it was good times i mean employee of the month starring dane cook dc dc i mean wow employee. <laughs> that's the easy employee of the that's, month. that's a throwback dane cook you like dane cook ben uh, I own Retaliation. I bought that when it came out, but yeah, he kind of <laughs> fell off. <laughs> yeah, pretty hard. Pretty hard. It's good stuff. At the time, at the time, like over know, 15 years ago, I'm like, hell yeah. Think it, yeah. The super finger, whatever it was, the super finger, this whole thing. Yeah. I, I, I don't remember that. I don't like any of this. I just watched his stand up. Yeah. And I was, <sighs> sorry, you, you go first, man. No, no, no. I was, I don't want to talk about Dan Cook anymore. <laughs> I, I know i uh, texted this but in person like really i really great job by the way ben with your nine and you're all clean shaven too by the way like oh yeah thank you i decided yeah 
to age what de-age myself a bit like you know there's like the de-aging technology in the irishman one of my favorite movies they computer graphics i just used a shaver and i de-aged so Way i don't know if it's yeah or joe pesci could have done that but i don't know i didn't yeah this is half a joke here and then i'm not sticking the landing but there's something there <laughs> i kind of missed the beard Big bearded Ben. Yeah, it was it was it was a, it was there from like it was like March thirteenth. I didn't shave Friday the thirteenth, and then until thirteenth. It was like August, like the second week of August, some or sometime. I believe when I shaved, sometime then. What a tragedy! Yeah, what a tragedy! Yeah, so all the tragedies are twenty twenty. That's what. <laughs> this is the one that really hits me hard. Yeah, like <laughs> I know Nick, you were talking about like what, how has COVID affected me? Uh, I think Ben's beard and him shaving, like he gave me hope at the beginning, you know, like this was my light at the end of the tunnel. And then he took it away one day. That was your first content idea. He didn't even warn us to. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was all Ben's beard focus for the set of your content. Yeah. I photoshopped a beard on Ben when he didn't have a beard and contrasted it with him, how he looks now. Well, not now, but before with a beard. This is getting very meta. Uh, <laughs> and it was, you know, my beard that I photoshopped on Ben didn't look as good as Ben's beard because Ben looks good with a beard, but not yeah. the Photoshop. And I took pictures of myself with the beard, but the lighting was not so hot. So it was just, it was no. just weird. It was weird. You just have to take our word for it. Ben looked good with a beard. Yeah. I mean, if you go to the Society Broadcasting website or the YouTube channel, which you should subscribe to, there's a Meet the Execs video. Where oh. I have a beard. Oh, so right. that's, that's yeah. survi- it survives there. You want to check <laughs> it, it out? It's on. That's great. That's yeah, check great. that video out. Maybe that's why it has so many hits. That video alone has more hits than any other video. I think all the other videos we have uploaded combined. And I think it's because of Ben's beard. <laughs> Real thoughts. Awesome. Sensation, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> And I, yeah, I, I haven't exactly shaved since um, since February, which is you know, which is basically when I the, the month when I where I first met Dane, by the way, because yeah, I figured it's be worse in person, so I figured you know I should try it. You know, the little guy always follows the big guy, so we are now. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Wait, you so, haven't shaved at all? No, not since last February. Wow. <laughs> wow. You know, super unrelated, but March 1998. Uh, you know what movies came out then? The Peacemaker, Mimic, and I know what you did last. This is a blockbuster. F- uh, you know, they had like this news and previews. Did you, have you seen any of those movies? Peacemaker with George Clooney, and who's that? I don't know who that is. Mimic, <laughs> Mira Servino. We're just some tiniest to movies now. Josh Brolin. Josh F. Brolin. Corey Abraham, and then, oh, no, what you did. Some of the horror. We're talking about horror before. Horror franchise. And then, but then April 99, you had Meet Joe Black with Brad Pitt, Anthony Hopkins, you got Bugs Life. Ooh, I remember. And I remember. then, of course, Stepmom, Julia Roberts. They had the guaranteed rep- rentals at uh, Blockbuster. The whole thing was like, they had like 100 copies. So if you go to the store, they're guaranteed to have it. And if it wasn't there, you'd get like a free, like, like a coupon for, you can get free next time when it's available. I don't know, I'm talking about Blockbuster 20 years after. <laughs> I have these things, so. Um, since you uh, kind of you mentioned it, uh, Blockbuster, what was your guys' last film you watched in theaters before the whole quarantine began? Little Women! Ooh, nice. Boxing Day. Hot stuff. Love it. Love Boxing Day. Wow. Boxing Day. A lot of people are running. I'm like, I'm running to the theater to see Little Women. Greta Gerwig. 
Big Tim. Big Tim. Love it. Love that film too. Yeah, I watched it a few weeks ago with my mom. It was, God, that film was so sweet, like so heartwarming. Like, Tremendous movie. Loved it. Yeah, my mom cried during many scenes. And I and I'm, you don't normally cry in these kinds of things, but yeah. The real tearjerker. Wow. Yeah. It will. Okay. It, it, what about you, Ben? You get a little oh, sauce on your face? I got oh I got I always sauce on my face. I sauce <laughs> it. I'm always saucing like, it. Like I'm a, spaghetti. I, yeah, it's true. I'm the big sap B Ben Goodman. Yeah, I'm really? saying work. I, I know it says a P just as a hard G show, I'm not cursing, but I'm a sap. Alley G show. Allie yeah, G. I, had a, I had a tearjerker moment uh, when because the last film I watched was just before uh, COVID shut down the movies. It was actually Onward, the 2020. All right. Onward. Yeah. The, it was only like in theaters for like a couple of weeks. Yeah. And then it pivoted to Disney Plus. Immediately. After. And I felt, I don't know, like, like I just paid like, a, and I saw it in IMAX or I saw oh, like whatever the top one would have said at the time. And I, and I spent like a good amount of money on this and I'm just like, and then it was immediately released and I'm just like, Ooh, that hurts. That hurts. But I mean, it was a good movie. Like was if it Chris was a bad Pratt? movie, I'd be even pissed. What? Was it Chris Pratt? Who's the, who's the voice in that? Uh, I was Tom Holland, Chris Pratt, uh, Ali Wong was in this. <laughs> Ali Wong. Oh yeah. She's pregnant. Wong. Yeah. Is she pregnant again? No, I don't know, but she, she's a famous stand-up special. Yeah, where she was pregnant. Was, yeah, yeah. A dumb that was. Again. I don't know if she's pregnant uh, again. Yeah. But. It's just her brand at this point being pregnant, yeah. and also being funny. That's I don't like where that. Went. <laughs> I mean, it was reviewed well. Like it was definitely a tearjerker. Like I think anyone with like daddy issues uh, watching this, you can you can definitely feel it. And I think uh, there's a lot of relatable moments with just like that. I I just think they nailed. They honestly did. It was great stuff, and uh, yeah. I think it it could have done really well had COVID not hit. <laughs> I think uh, yeah. the production company, whoever was, I don't know who it, who produced it. Was it was a Pixar oh. movie. Oh, was. Well, would you, well, well, how would you like as as a Pixar movie? Like, where would you? Was it like where is that rank? Is it you know middle I, tier? I don't think there's like bad Pixar movies except for maybe like Cars three or something. <laughs> not Cars two. Cars two, I think, was salvageable, but Cars what? three. <laughs> it's a little kids' movie. I mean, like I can't fault it too much, but this one definitely onward definitely felt very mature. You like Cars uh, one though, right? Yeah, yeah. Cars one was a, Cars one was a classic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just yeah. Owen wow, Wilson. You can't get that wrong. Yeah, wow, you can't. I'm trying to think of bad uh, Disney movies, bad Pixar, and I just I don't know. It's hard. Bolt was Bolt Pixar. Ah, uh, no, it was Disney actually. I like Bolt. Bolt, I, I didn't see that one. I don't know. There was an, I, there was a lot of hype because it was Miley Cyrus or whatever. She was yeah, the voice. John Travolta as a dog. John John Travolta was the dog. Yeah. What? I did not know. Yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> Maybe Bolt. Yeah, Bolt fell off the radar. I think for Bolt me. Bolt Yeah. What about a good dinosaur? I never saw a good dinosaur. Like that's like people like yeah. No, I haven't seen that one either. Yes. Um, the latest one I remember watching. Uh, I believe you guys have seen uh, Inside Out. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Inside Out. That was that so film good. was so depressing. <laughs> Depressing. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that scene where the imaginary oh, yeah. friend like got me, me and my mom, we oh god. He, he, here's the thing, like I'm not gonna. Here's a hot take. These Pixar movies, like yeah, they're yeah. good, 
but why do they like you know they're targeted to children they're yeah. like emotional terrorists with these things like what oh, like yeah. like kids just like kids just want to watch like like Goofies. dumb like trolls yeah. world tour and stuff and it's like people <laughs> go in there and it's like up is like an art house movie for the first oh. 10 minutes oh up it's is... like a moor wow. or something like and it's brutal and like all like and then wally wally's like they're all good but just it gets like i don't know it seems a bit rough i like the movie it just you know Take it down a notch, picks, and then inside out. To your point, I would agree that the moment you're referencing Nick is horribly depressing, <laughs> and it's just I don't know. It's yeah. just and what are the they doing? Like, they they know kids films. like yeah. You know. <laughs> it's just oh my gosh, that Michael Giacchino, whatever the frick his name oh, is. Oh, he's an incredible. Just, he's so good, but it's like he's doing this for a kid's film, and I'm just like manipulation. It's it's crazy. I mean, I appreciate it. Like, I think like I actually like unironically listen to his stuff on like Spotify and I actually have him like in a bunch of my plays. But well, it's the Speed Racer score. Speeded Speed Racer. You sure did. <laughs> oh my gosh, I haven't seen Speed Racer. I heard it wasn't worth my time. <laughs> Don't even talk to me. None of you, Brendan. None of you. I mentioned that. That reminds me. Of. Ben, I remember in our group chat you mentioned how there are like so many films that uh, Brendan doesn't like very much. Like, I think that. Yeah, I think Dane said that. But yes. Oh yeah, like uh, <laughs> Trash Humpers. That was just. Oh, that was awful. Fubar, just, just trash. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I don't. I like how Trash Humps is the first one you mentioned of all things. <laughs> <laughs> what else? What else don't I like? Uh, I can't think of any off the top of my head. I mean, there's there's movies that I'm like, eh, I could care less about, and then there's movies that I like actually like hate, and I think those those are definitely up there. <laughs> uh, what else? I wasn't a big fan of Lincoln. I don't know. I feel like it's controversial, but <laughs> it was just so boring. I'm just like, why do I care? Like, I mean, I obviously do because of what he did and stuff like that. But like, I can respect the history, but not how they did the film and everything. Even though I, it was I like critically, it. yeah. I like <laughs> but I, I feel like do you more like Lincoln indif- lawyer. Lincoln lawyer. What is that? Matt McConaughey. Oh, no, I haven't seen it. You haven't seen Lincoln Lawyer? It's, it's a really great film. Like Matthew McConaughey, he he's really great at playing lawyers. In fact, he played he played two of them from what I saw, and Lincoln Lawyer and the other A Time to Kill. I time to Kill. Time the to old kill. Schumacher R.I.P. who passed away this summer. Yeah, rest in peace. Rest and uh, yeah, Lincoln Lawyer came from it's the same author that dude uh, Michael was it Michael Connolly who also wrote the Bosch books. So Lincoln Lawyer and Bosch are in part of the same universe. <laughs> Legit. <laughs> Cinematic universe. Wow, that's incredible. And I think because uh, we're going to make a Lincoln Lawyer show, and I think there's like the thing of maybe like melding the two, which would be great. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, Brendan, the reason why he's a Lincoln Lawyer is the, it's the car. Like he does it, like yeah. he, he's got the Lincoln car, and he, you know, it's good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah the car really, it's just, yeah, product yeah. placement just through the roof. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, and also, guys, the the last film I watched in theaters before this whole well, well, this whole what the hell, this whole shit storm happened is uh, <laughs> I can edit this part out. 1917. Like, just wow. Oh, yeah. You saw that? In, oh, I would love to see that in theaters. I unfortunately didn't get that opportunity, but I saw it. Yeah, through other means, and oh, it was so good. It was yeah. so good. Like the, the whole, whole one take. take. Well, not really, but. 
uh, just how did you plan for this? The cinematography. I want to see the script for this. I don't know if it's been released or leaked or something, but like I can only imagine what that must look like. Oh, bonkers. Yeah, it was so great. Like I watched it twice actually. First with my brother and then with my mom again, both in IMAX. It was such an Oh wow. Was it good the second time? Because I know like a lot of films, like once you get over like the the whole selling point, like they do something different and it's, then it's like you see it again and it's like, oh, it was good the first time or it was better the first time, you know. Because like once you know the trick sometimes yeah. it's like Yeah. It just takes you out of it, I guess, the second and subsequent times. It did a bit for me in the the the, the second viewing, like the part where he, you know, like jumps off the waterfall and yeah, that was a bit um but I didn't notice it the first time, but it was uh, like they used a stunt double for that one and I didn't even notice it in the first time. So I didn't notice. I mean that makes sense they would use a stunt double, but I mean it's a war movie, like <laughs> imagine yeah. a lot of stunt doubles. <laughs> it's just like I just appreciate like how they film it because the the one take is probably my like my favorite like camera movement or angle anything. Oh, like yeah. I've always wanted to learn how to how to master that shot, but never could. It's too shaky. So yeah, yeah, no kidding. Those tracking shots, like I I'm a sucker for a good tracking shot. Like if it goes on for like more than a minute, I'm just I'm sold. <laughs> so I had to see 1917. I mean, I feel like the the whole war theme has been overdone like way but i mean i don't know they keep doing these fresh new spins these fresh new takes on it and i'm just a sucker again like i just recently watched a uh, band of brothers that oh yes HBO series for the first time uh yeah. and it was just like i've seen so many uh, war plots up until this point but i mean like band of brothers it was still even though it was released in like what 2001 like early 2000s mm-hmm. yeah, well. like it was just it was a breath of fresh air i felt and you know i feel like it really prepped me for everything coming forward so that was 1917 for me and then it was just it was good again you know Are you gonna like, watch the Pacific? Genre. what are you gonna watch the Pacific? That was like the the, the t- Band of Brothers team did that. Like it was like ten years later, about the Pacific War. I would recommend that if you like Band of Brothers. Okay, yeah, I'll check this out. I I heard of uh, it, but I haven't. It's on. A, it was also on Home Box Office. Oh, was this? Yeah, HBO. Yeah. Oh, it's another miniseries. Yeah, it's like because Spielberg and Tom Hanks, like they kind of shepherd both Band of Brothers and. Randy Malik was in this. Wow. Yeah, that, like a lot. It's funny because like Damian Lewis got a start in Band of Brothers, and like there's like these kind of like yeah, it's funny. It's, yeah, because there was a lot of uh, low-key stars in there, and then they kind of just, yeah. And it wasn't Rogan? Wasn't Seth in that? Or briefly? Or Jake Baruchel? Like, one of those guys was, I think, or I forget, one of those guys. It was weird seeing David Schwimmer in that. I was just like, I can't. Right. Like, I'm sorry. He got, he's just, what, it's not typecasting. It's uh, like Harry Potter, Daniel Radcliffe. It's like, I can only see him as Harry Potter. What's that called again? It's like where you just associate this actor with this one role. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not typecasting. It's uh, it's, it's called something else. I, anyways, it just mm-hmm. totally took me out of it. Like, he's he's a good actor, I think, uh, especially in Band of Brothers. Like, I really hated him, but yeah. I just kept seeing him as Ross, and it was just like all a joke. Yeah, then that would inst- you would instantly hate him then. Yeah. <laughs> who wants that? I mean, yeah, <laughs> another controversial opinion. Um, did you mention uh, Rami Malek is in this film? Uh, in the Pacific. The Pacific. Oh, the Pacific. Came out um, 2009, 2010, I think. Oh, no. it, I highly recommend it. 
Yeah, it looks good. Yeah. It looks good. And now that you mentioned Rami Malik, like two nights ago, my mom and I, we watched for the first time Bohemian Rhapsody. Like, oh, really? Did you like it? Oh, loved it. My my mom loved it the most because she she had a lot of nostalgia. My, my mom, she grew up with Freddie Mercury and Queen when she was a teenager. Oh, sure. She, yeah. Great music. Oh, I, I love how they did the soundtrack for that. Like the crystal clear audio. Like I had to see it in theaters twice. I mean, the plot. Uh, I was yeah it was okay it was it was good enough for me because I mean it was like a Hollywood production I'm like I don't expect them to be faithful or whatever and you know they got their yeah. grips, their little hands into it but I mean the soundtrack I just I went for that and like there was yeah. times where I just like closed my eyes and I'm just like it, it felt so surreal just to hear it like in IMAX and just like right oh, I was just it was so clean it was uh, my mind was just blown it was great it was great <laughs> and I, I also really loved the decision how they they saved the, the song uh, We Are the Champions for the final act because if we heard it before it would be like, uh, like yeah. not as effective as so that's a really smart choice Just, wow. yeah it was interesting to see like when because you know Queen has a lot of big hits and it's like when you do a big show like this do you just like come in hot and heavy and use like all the big songs right off the bat because I know like when uh, like Guardians of the Galaxy does this you know mm -hmm. it's that nostalgia it's that classic you know Stranger Things they use like all the big Big songs of the decade and then they start yes, out they but then they then they find out oh this is super successful we have to make another season we have to make another movie it's kind of like well we use these big songs now we have to find more and it's kind of like well these are just the remains you know the the leftovers the ones that didn't make the cut and that's i don't a know good show too by the way the leftovers check it out <laughs> <laughs> that was hbo too right yeah, it was a terrific show. yeah yeah <laughs> anyways yeah i don't know what my point is i'm just i'm just talking to yeah I, I got you i got you <laughs> and then since you have brought up hbo tell us again more ben, about this the new show up perry mason oh yeah that was a cool show because um that was um it was originally oh, i wish i had the bio in front of me but it was a show in the 50s and 60s like it was this lawyer character is a very long indelible show but um i guess robert downey jr was fascinated and like wanted to like do a show version of it. He was originally going to star in it. Like him and his wife, Susan Downey, team Downey, they were kind of shepherd the show for HBO. It was going to be a lim limited series, but then he only just took on the production role doing it. Um, Matthew Reese, who was in uh, great in the Americans, the FX show. And I think he's been in a lot of other, he was in that Mr. Rogers movie and he's been in other things I'm blanking on, but, um, it's really, really good. It's really good. Um, they, because um, they, the main director of the show is Tim Van Patten, who was like the chief director for Boardwalk Empire and did pivotal episodes of The Sopranos. So it's got this, like, this, it's like 1930s, I think, 1930s, 40s, uh, LA. So it, it's like, it's one of the most immaculate looking shows. Like, it's just in um, great cast in that. Um, Stephen Root's in it. Love those guys. Shea Wigham. Um, what's her name? From Orphan Black. Canadian. Oh, Titania Maslany. She's like, plays like this reverend and she's superb. And yeah, it was originally meant to be a limited series, like seven, eight episodes, but it proved to be very successful. It's their biggest, HBO's like biggest drama premiere in two years. And so they've renewed it for another season. And yeah, I think it's really good. And it's, uh, yeah, check it out. Oh, for sure, man, yeah. And it's with uh, John Lithgow, is that right? Yeah, Lithgow's in it, he too. He's, yeah, he's good. Yeah. Great cast. Nice. But yeah, it's truly like the, it's like the HBO budget, like the amount of extras in some of these crowd scenes are just like, 
crazy. And then especially with COVID, you look at these scenes, like there's hundreds of hundreds of people. Yeah. And it's like, man, you, we can't do that right now. <laughs> and it's and it's a remake of this old this older show but more like darker and edgier right yeah and it's also like he's not a lawyer to start with like it's kind of like his origin story kind of and you kind of see how he gets into that and but, but by the end of the season he is a, he is in fact the lawyer and um yeah has, uh, the original song like version has like an iconic theme song which they don't reuse really much terence blanchard does the score who does a lot of the spike lee movies he scores spike lee movies like a lot of like a jazzy score but there's a fun like not really a spoiler but that the end credits of the last episode there's a version of the iconic theme during the credit and it's just it's like a good little sting which uh, yeah it's good anyway um, also, um, since um, what, what did you guys see the new? Ba- I believe you guys see, saw the new trailer for the Batman. The Batman, yeah. I actually haven't seen the trailer. You haven't seen it? <laughs> yeah. No, man. I'm not. I'm trying to avoid trailers for uh, like all this hype for movies that I'm actually probably gonna see. Well, maybe. Well, I probably will. Uh, I try to avoid the trailers, but for movies that I'm just like on the fence about, then I'll probably watch the trailer. And if it ruins it for me, then that's I smart. Feel like I've already saw it. No. Yeah. But any movie that has any hype behind yeah. it, I'm like, I'm probably. I just, I just Brendan, that's gonna be tough because you know, it's, I'm already seeing like parodies of it. Like it's gonna be tough to avoid the Batman stuff. But I, I hope you do though. Just that'd be incredible, Herculean achievement. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've, I'm trying to avoid the, the Bill and Ted trailers as well. I mean, it's already released. Yeah. But, I mean, they're everywhere. Oh, yeah, like, it's out. Oh, oh. I don't know how I feel about it. I just recently uh, I just recently watched the first Bill and Ted, and uh, I think it's all I think it's all nostalgia. Like, it's like a cult classic because I watched it. And I was Absolutely. Just, I was like, it was so bad. Oh, you went in the nice way. <laughs> no, no, I think I think people oh, just like God. liked it. I I understand why they liked it, but I was just like, oh my gosh, oh, this no. is such a stoner comedy. I was like, I have to exactly I can't watch this in this mind. <laughs> I saw it wrong. I didn't know that going into it, like because I remember Keanu Reeves said, uh, well, recently about uh, I think he was commenting on Bill and Ted, and he said that uh, they are not stoners. So I was like, oh, okay, they're not stoners. So then this isn't a stoner film. Yeah. But then I watched. And I'm like, this is definitely a story. And they're totally stoners. I'm sorry. Like, I love Keanu, but I think he's wrong. <laughs> definitely. And George Carlin's in those movies. He's so good. Yeah. I like those. And they have a Oh, my one. gosh. I just realized that. Yeah, he's Rufus. Rufus. Yeah, he's George Carlin. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I feel like one of the best yeah. stand-ups of all time. George Carlin. Jeez. That is so embarrassing. <laughs> oh. Uh, speaking of uh, stoner films, something just came up to me. Three words: the beach bum. Oh, the beach bum. <laughs> oh, whatever. Uh, I love it. Yeah, yeah, that, that, was, that was big for me uh, last year. I mean, still, I still love it. I'll always love it. I was always love the beach bum, and um, yeah, it's part of my thing is trying to get, convince people to watch it, which isn't the most successful endeavor, but. <laughs> Did Dane ever watch it? He took. The, uh, no, he only watched the first ten minutes in an edit suite. And that was it. Well, I think because well, it was very there's a lot of uh, wild images to watch in the middle of school. <laughs> he stopped. You seem to be enjoying it though. It's, 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 he enjoys the wild images. It was just it was yeah. Again, this is a fan, since it was a family show. I'm not gonna say the. No, no, no. You can you can say it. No. 
This is a free country, man. You can say it's a country. Well, free you know, country, this is, yeah. I'm not oh, sexual stuff. I'm not going to. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if describing sexual acts on Sin City here, but. Spell the beans. <laughs> Why did you spill your beans? Yeah. I'm just trying. <laughs> I'm just But just, yes, yeah, a bunch of stuff. Yeah. It's a great movie. Check a it bunch out. of stuff. Mm, right. Bet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How about they're in the kitchen and they got like the hamburger thing and he's slapping uh, a woman's butt with and it's like you classic. Know, yeah, it's a whole thing ringing the bell as they're, as they're you know doing ringing you know the bell. She's ringing the bell as you know stuff is happening. Interesting. If you catch my drift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, yeah, it's a thing. It's a good. That's a nice thing to have play in a school. Which I think Dane was realizing, like, oh, I'm able to eject the DVD at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't seen the beach bum. I feel like I'm missing out, but it's, I'm but it's one of the most beautifully shot movies. Sincerely, like it's beautifully shot. Then Spring Breakers, which I know you don't like, and that's a real sadness for me. <laughs> wow. They're like part, like they're the same, like they're like, I feel like they're part, they're the same universe, Spring Breakers and the Beach Bum, but one's like the drama heavy, one's like the comedic version, like the whole, like the Florida Keys, all these like Florida characters, and I don't know, I love it. <laughs> Harmony, Harmony Crin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, another thing that I've been looking lately is that it's mentioned that tomorrow will be the new trailer for Dune 2020. Like, just oh, that looks yeah. so good. I can't. I I don't know how I feel. Like, I there's a lot of like movies that try and like base off like the the gaming franchise. Think of like Resident Evil, and that was that was a really big one. Silent Hill. That was a lot of horror movies. Now that I think about it, uh, I believe Halo was almost got a uh, a movie series and they did like 11 minutes and then realized that it was so expensive and then someone leaked the footage online uh and now they're doing doom crazy oh yeah yeah that i that film yeah i have very high expectations for that film like you play eternal some cast sorry you play eternal no Wait. i have it. are you Brandon, are you saying doom doom Oh no, Dune! No, Nick's Dune. talking about Dune. Dune. Oh, I, as you were talking, I'm like, wait, I was what? Wait a minute, no, D U N E. Doom, oh. like the book series. Okay, yeah, because they did a. They were, I thought you were talking about Doom, like because they did a. They no, were, I guess the, they already did Rock that came out. Yeah, yeah, that was 2005. I think they're trying to reboot it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I was talking about. Well, uh, well, Brendan, are you excited for D U N E? Dune. Yeah, yeah, that looks good too. I can't wait. <laughs> we really don't have as much to say about D U N E, but. No, I haven't done my research on Dune. M. Yeah, I mean, Timothy Charlotte. Wow, Oscar Isaac. Batista's in it. Dave Batista. Oh my gosh, Zendaya. Wow. It's an incredible cast. This is this is fully loaded. Yeah, you're just learning about Dune on air. Yeah. What? Where have you been, Brendan? Like... I kept hearing talks about it. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I've, I've heard a lot of noise. And same with Blade Runner 2049. And I mean, Blade, for, Blade Runner, like the new one, like I've, I've seen the old one with my dad. He actually introduced me because he's, he's a movie buff himself. Mm. Um, he introduced me to the Blade Runners, and then I watched 2049 like on a plane. 
and it was it was so it was a masterpiece but i i just wasn't for me and so like i when i hear people like comparing these films and be like oh it's the aesthetic it's 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 an art like this is literally like art as a movie you know like i mean all movies are art but like this is like art as a movie i don't know how to describe it it's very <laughs> the compositions like very detailed yeah yeah it's just like every it's like a a, a hitchcock film or like yeah. uh nothing out of place yeah like every every frame is literally a painting yeah the mise-en-scene of the film it's just it's uh, they, i like that term i know that term. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's it looks good uh i don't know if i'll actually watch it I, I like I, I like Blade, the new Blade Runner movie. I like the old one. Uh, it was great, but it, I don't know if it's my cup of tea. You know? Yeah. Well, maybe because Brendan, you're talking about how you don't want to like for trailers. You know, this is a trailer you should actually watch because you're on the fence for Dune. So this trailer yeah, is a lot right. So because yeah, this is different than the Batman, because you know you're going to watch the Batman, but yeah. the Dune. This is this is pivotal. So you might watch and be like, oh, this is my thing. <laughs> Do trailers ever sell you guys? Like you're like on the fence or something. You watch a trailer and you're like, I actually want to see this now. Um, sometimes. Sometimes. Most of the time for me, I usually have very high expectations for these things. Like I'm not, I'm not always a looking down on these type of things. So yeah. And so far they haven't disappointed. Mostly. <laughs> like, mostly. <laughs> one trailer that I actually loved, but was that I disappointed by the final result would have to be Suicide Squad. Like the oh, deal. That film. God. Yeah. Please kill me. Yeah, they, they they liked that trailer so much they got the trailer company to re-edit the movie itself. Like the beginning bit. That's why the beginning is so much like a trailer. It's like, which is like, I like it for a trailer, but for a movie, uh, what are you doing? I know, right? Yeah. Same thing. God, they're kind of they're they're rebooting the film, I believe, with uh, James Gunn as director. I hear. Yeah, no, it's it's yeah. been filmed. It's coming out next year. It's it's exciting. It's yeah. it's a very different take. I mean, still DC though. You have high hopes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, this could be a really great year for DC, you know, with the new Batman. John film. Cena's in it. It's going to be great. John Cena's actually. <laughs> wow. What is with all these wrestlers turn actors? Is Why is this? Like, I know it's it's been why? a while now. It's just why. I, I I don't get it. Do you not like John Cena as an actor? I, You know, I watched uh, Blockers and... Yes. I wasn't, I don't know. It just, it felt wrong. I couldn't unimagine. <laughs> As you know, like the guy who just smashes. Cause I'll, I always remember that gift where they give him a present and then he pulls the chair out. And he, oh yeah. And I'm just like, I can't, I don't know. I can't. He's very good in train wreck too. I remember he's train wreck. very, yeah. like a very suggestive scene is I'm not, to, I'm always walking to uh, describing sex scenes and movies now on this show. <laughs> John Cena has a memorable scene in train wreck which yeah maybe maybe it's because he's being casted as this like fatherly figure like this sexual fatherly and i'm just like just just put him in like the movies that the rock would do like the rock i feel like he, but they tried he, that and it failed like he he was in the marine like that's what they initially tried with him and it just oh, didn't work yeah. for him and he just he prefers to do comedies it's like kind of like a john ham thing like oh so bad men he wants and like that's when he was starting to do snl he hosted snl and just he's he prefers to do comedies interesting wait so was he good in the marine 
Or I haven't seen the Marine. I haven't seen it either. And um, he recently appeared in the new and only good Transformers film, Bumblebee, right, uh, John C? He was in Bumblebee. He Bumblebee. was in Bumblebee. Honest Dave rates that a solid 10 out of 10, 9 he out of 10. He loved Bumblebee. He loved Bumblebee. Bumblebee so. effects. So that means we all have to watch it now. Yeah. He's I'm in tons insane. of... Yeah, Cena's in the he's dead the Daddy's Home movies, tons of stuff, and yeah, he likes comedies. Good for him. Yeah, good, good. But <laughs> <laughs> what, what? Actually, why am I for this? Because I mean, like, you know, it's like a handsome dude just taking the like comedy roles are like for like schlubs, and like why is he? I'm, I'm like, oh, go for him in this asylum. Go for it. I mean, if he wants to do it, I mean, I, I, I mean, assume sure. it, it might be like the Happy Madison. I know we've talked about this before where, uh, like, they don't do the movies to, like, make money. They do it just because it's an opportunity to work together, kill time, have fun. Like, it's, it's almost like a social event, the way right. you do these movies. They don't expect to win any Grammys or, or like, any Oscars. and no. Not Grammys. <laughs> that doesn't yeah, make sense. Or Tonys, Broadway Awards. Tonys, yeah, yeah. Uh, like you don't expect to go anywhere with it. Maybe win a Razzie here or there, but <laughs> what you want, Brendan, is you want some of this. You want some of that money. That's what you want. Yeah, yeah. Get a good, get a good happy mass and paycheck. Good, good. Yeah. Because I mean, if, as long as it pays the bill, like you don't have to be like the best of the best, right? As long as it just like puts food on the table, like, it's you fun. You having fun? Yeah. I mean, like those movies with those great casts, like all those comedians. I mean, that's a good old time. Like, who cares? It's not, they're not. No, they're not making a classic. Exactly. It's just yeah. fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's all about the passion, basically. Yeah, passion is your greatest strength. Yeah, yeah. passion. When did you get so wise, Brendan? <laughs> Me wise? Far from it. <laughs> um, I like to talk a bit. I know Brendan hasn't seen the trailer, but I like to talk a bit more about the the new Batman film. Like, I am already sold by this. Like, the trailer is three minutes long, and he he's already to me my the, the best Batman in my opinion. Like, like Robert Pattinson. You hear it by the way, Brendan. The Robert Pattinson's gonna play uh, the new Batman. Yeah, I remember I, that was like when that came out. I was just like, I was shook. I was like, yeah. Once once you heard that, you're like, no trailers. I, I'm good. I yeah, like this. yeah. I was just like, you know, even if it does bomb, like I still want to see Robert Pattinson as Batman because I think I think he's an actual good. He's he is a great actor. Yeah. yeah, and I think like because Twilight kind of branded him, uh, he got a lot of bad rap. But I'm glad he was able to recover from that. And no, he he, he, he recovered oh, well. Yeah. Like meanwhile, yeah. Taylor Lautner, he's like flipping burgers right now. Like, you know, oh, what's he doing? No, I'm just I'm just making a oh, joke. But just yeah, he's not doing anything. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, like uh, the lighthouse or good time. Those like he really is a great actor as long as you give him the right material for sure. Like, yeah, exactly. So I'm I'm also hyped about this. You know, even if it does kind of flop, you know, I'm fingers crossed it doesn't. But <laughs> you never know, right? There's always a lot of hype, especially with Hollywood. Mm -hmm. Like everything's hyped nowadays. That's right. Yeah, very true. Like Disney Star Wars, for example. Disney Star Wars. Don't even get me started. I don't even want to talk about that. <laughs> I'll, I'll never, I will never forgive them for that. No, no, I'll never forgive. Never forgive. Yeah. I've heard never you know forget, but never forgive. Yeah. You're not a big Abrams fan? I he's he's good at starting things, but finishing them, no, nah, -uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah. Like, yeah, like it's more. Aliens, yeah. Can you... Crazy. Good stuff, though. I'm excited for this film. Yep. Batman. The Batman. The Batman. Colin Farrell's in as the Penguin. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. weird. It's cool. 
Colin Farrell, Jeffrey Wright. Zoe That's Kravitz, weird. I believe, is in it. She's great. Oh, yeah. Kravitz. Oh. Is, she, is that Lenny Kravitz? Is she any, any relation? Yes, relate, definitely relation to the Lenster. The Lenster. Is that, is that what you call them? <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to make sure it sticks up catches on. And what I really yeah. is how like Robert Pattinson, his Batman voice, like he really sounds natural. He doesn't like he doesn't like force his voice too much looking at you, Christian Bale. But he like you know, he's more like he says, I'm vengeance, not I'm vengeance. Like that just I like how he's gonna this is he's yeah. really gonna kind of the park with this one. Yeah. Uh, since we're at it, um, I like to hear some, uh, try a little um, experiment. Like what's your guys' uh, best uh, bat- Batman impression? Like I mean nice to say uh, I'm, I'm Batman uh, you go first Brendan like what's your okay uh let me <laughs> I'm Batman uh, oh, it's, it's okay I need some work uh, what's your bet um I'm really doing this on the fly here let me think yeah <laughs> I am Batman that's more demonic but I like that I like it that's I good. Batman God. Whoa, that sounds like the devil like impersonating Batman. Jesus. Yeah. Well, that's that's still good. <laughs> that, that's a good concept. Like the devil impersonating Batman. Like, oh, but then oh they're on our side, but then no, the devil. Yes. Actually that's a concept of Lil Nicky because the the devil <laughs> does like the demons like impersonate the humans and they take over the city of New York. That's actually the concept of Lil Nicky. That's what's a good concept. Little Nicky. Great. Do you recommend Little Nicky? I don't know. I'm on the fence. I do. I love it. You love it. Is it, de- is it just because it's a Sandler? No, it's it's very good. <laughs> and Tarantino's in it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is he oh, playing an actual big role? I know he's... Uh, yeah, he's pretty big. He's pretty big? I mean, yeah, he's, he's a pretty big guy. Yeah, I've heard of him before. Oh, and now that you mentioned Mr. Sand- the Sandman's name, I gotta talk to you about the, this his greatest film, Uncut Gems. God, I I love I love that film. Like so, like so stressful too. Like from start- oh my gosh, I was on the edge of my seat the whole freaking time. I was like, I was like, no, don't bet the money. <laughs> and then he bet the money, and I'm just like, oh, again. And then it's like, yeah, he lost that. Okay, next time. And then he bets more money. And I'm like, don't bet the money kg 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 i think that watching a basketball game would be so tense but this film proved me wrong just especially if you have money on the line like i can understand yeah. why people get addicted to this that's how people like, get into sports now yeah they put money on the line and then it's like you're hooked like whether you want it to be or not you're hooked which is you, you bucked that Bronco. That's what happens. <laughs> yeah. Especially if your name is Matthew. <laughs> Matthew Merriman, our dear friend, is a gambling addict. <laughs> I actually watched the Uncut Gems with Matthew in that was uh, good, yeah. my First former office. It was, yeah. it was that was in the daylight and the light of the, the fluorescent lights. Interesting. You know the thing is, you're saying you're on the edge of your seat, and I I, just, I love the movie, but. Maybe I'm just I, I related to it too much. And I was just like, okay, and it's just because it's like I feel like that's my life. That was my life in the T wing. The, 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 the stress of that. I'm like, okay, this is like uh, at least someone you know else is like. Uh, I'm doing half a joke here. It's fine. It wasn't. It was there was no anxiety. Like you weren't like like oh my god. I mean, I mean it's ten, but just yeah, it was, but like I'm I love freaking it. out. Yeah. 
and uh, also um, I believe I was the weekend like really there like they, they oh that yeah. is the weekend yeah that is he actually. was in because the movie's sent like 2012 2013 like yeah, that's how he's was that's how he dressed in his yeah. hair with back then and we were trying to make it period yeah Oh wow, wow! I did not know that. Just wow, yeah. Yeah, I was like, I was like, is that the weekend? I was like, no, it's a stunt double. And then I had to look it up, and I was like, oh my gosh, that was actually that was actually him. That was the weekend. Blew my mind. Yeah. A lot of mind blowing today. Yeah, this was like this was to me Adam Sandler's like finest performance. Like I, the best performance I've ever seen in any of his films because he, I've never seen him playing a film that is you know not not almost not very you know comedic. There are some moments of humor, but mostly it's kind of like dead serious. Uh, wouldn't you let's say like a bit too more drama than comedy? I'd say. Like, a little bit of drama. A little bit of drama. Yeah, yeah. I would definitely say that. <laughs> I mean, I thought, I mean, the whole thing I thought was it was funny. Drama. I thought parts were funny. I mean, there's, there's a famous line in that movie again. It's like we said, "Holy s, I'm going to see." Ooh. One point, which I'm filling the blanks there. That was a, that was a funny line. <laughs> then, yeah, then it's like I find him like his character like he's just such a. Um, Mike Frances of the New York uh, sports talk radio host plays a bookie. I, I love yeah. that. Just in a, a, such a New York movie, such a Jewish movie. Two things I really value. I also love value Sandler. So a lot of core tenants in uh, Anka Gems. So I, I very much like. Yeah, and, and so and so many f bombs in that film, which which adds to the the stress, the anxiety. Like, as you feel the characters are so desperate, especially uh. Always. Yeah. So, wow. This film and Wolf of Wall Street would get along very well, I'd, I'd say. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Both uh, have Billy Joel in the soundtrack. Both movies have Billy Joel in the soundtrack. That's one. Billy Joel's in the soundtrack. I had no idea. Yeah, I think uh, Vienna is in Uncut Gems, or no, The Stranger. Excuse me, The Strangers, and, oh. and, and then Moving Out is in, of course, in Wolf of Wall Street. Billy Joel. Yeah. Doesn't um, look too hot in face, but I still like his music. Yes. And also, I realized that uh, the Adam Sandler's wife is the, the same actress who voices Elsa in, in Frozen, Edina Menzel, I believe. Yes, that's right. Yes, yes, that is right. And then come Gems. What a get. Yeah. yeah. Broadway, yeah, big she Broadway be, star, Edina yeah. Menzel. She, she could probably do nothing for the rest of her life, just coast on that Frozen money. Yeah, make as many sequels as they want, and she she'd be good. But she's still continuing to do stuff. So props to her. Of props. course, so, very talented. Disney, oh yeah, they make a lot of sequels because Disney is the biggest cash cow I know. They milk. <laughs> if I think they milk until it doesn't produce anything, right? Or yeah, I'm trying to think. Well, they didn't make an up to. One example. Sorry. Sorry. Um, I just, sorry, I keep dropping this a lot because I, I think I have a personal vendetta against Disney because they, like, I feel all, they, they think more about money, just money, no, no longer telling a, a good story. I'd say like they, and they're sometimes they can be too, too pandering to the audience as if we're five year olds. It's insulting, really. Just as if. Yeah. Well, I mean, some of us are. That's why we watched. Well, Once Upon a Time, good movie. 
but <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I definitely like growing up with Disney. It was obviously a staple. I actually met someone the other day. So we went to see uh, this is a story taking you back uh, when the Aladdin film came out, the live action mm-hmm. around the theaters. I saw that with like a, a big group of friends. And then I was talking about how I didn't like it, how they changed too many things. And like, yeah. I liked Will Smith, but, you know, I feel like I'm one of those people that's just like, oh, Robin Williams did it better. And it's like, yeah, it's a new movie. Get over it. But I, at the same time, I'm just like, <laughs> I mean, he did a great job, but it, I feel like Robin Williams just just set the bar so high. And I can't I can't get that out of my head, even though I know, you know, it's it's a new iteration. Get yeah. over it. So. Uh, so, yeah, we, we saw this and I was like kind of whining about it. And I was just like, I, I, I think it was kind of stupid. And then this one girl was like. Uh, she's like, I loved it. She was like, it was so nice and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I was like, but have you seen like the original? Assuming she had, like, I was just like joking around. She's like, no. And I was like, what? And I was like, you haven't seen it? She's like, yeah, I've never watched a Disney film before. And I'm just like, what? What? So I'm like, you grew up without Disney? And she's like, yeah, my parents didn't like Disney. And I'm just like, Jeez. what? I was like, your childhood. Like, I felt so bad for her. But on the other hand, like she could start fresh. But I mean, you still have a childhood without Disney. I don't know. It's good. It's, it's double-edged sword. That's true. That's you can experience insane. everything for the first time with the like the mindset you have now, but you grew up without it. So uh, I don't know. I, don't know. I think I'd rather have it in my childhood. But then again, like everything you see as a child is like amazing, right? Like this is this is the pinnacle of cinema. Right? <laughs> so it, it it all depends on how you view it. That's wild, though. I know. I was truly wild. You poor, poor soul. I feel bad for them. (laughs) Just wow. Yeah. But yes, she's not allowed to watch Disney while people like John Swan are watching like R-rated films when they're what? He saw Deuce Bigelow, a male gigolo in elementary school. Yeah. (laughs) Like how old? (laughs) Two types of people, you know, two types of people. Takes all kinds. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Yeah. Because I, I also remember Dane and uh, Joe Tuminsky talking about how they watched Star Wars and Jurassic Park when they were really young, too. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. I couldn't even imagine watching Jurassic Park when I was like – because I think I saw when I was like 13, 14, yeah. 15. Like, and I was still scared. Like, I was and, that young when it came out in theater. I, I, was, and I, I was scared by it. Like yeah, from yeah. the trailers and stuff, like the the, oh. the like the like you know, I was too scared to watch it. I bought the toys and stuff. I was like, I like dinosaurs. I love dinosaurs, but just I was too scared to watch it. I was like four or five. It was terrifying. Like even watching it now today, like I'm I know it's gonna happen. I've seen the film like a hundred times, but it, like I'm yeah. still scared. I can only imagine watching it. Definitely. Because I think they watched it when they were like kids, and I'm just like, oh my gosh. Some people, some people. Mm-hmm. Like. What was the, like a very like you know uh, two R rated film you watched when you were like when you were not supposed to? I just watched a lot of Family Guy. I didn't watch too many films because I couldn't get away with that. Uh, uh, but I watched Family Guy, a uh, little bit of South Park, just just TV shows mainly. Yeah, that were not for me. Yeah, I don't know why, but yeah. I believe I actually did watch I Know What You Did Last Summer on video, which is a slasher kind of movie. It was in 98, so I was too young to see that, and just that was like a thing, like friends had the, like rented it, and then it was there. It's like, okay, I guess I'll do it, but then, yeah. 
Nice. That reminds me. Yeah, I built, I mentioned this on our seventh episode, but my, my my first time watching a horror film was Scream, and I was about eleven years old when I first saw that one. Mm. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Did it scar you? Were you scared? It was. You, I, sc- you screamed. I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, but I, came back, but I came back for more. What's wrong with me? Jesus. Yeah, I remember I was in a blockbuster when I was a kid, and I saw uh, uh, the cover art for uh, Chucky, and that gave me oh. nightmares for like the next two years of my life. Uh, I was just like, oh my god. You are right, Brandon, because um, Chucky. Oh, actually, so Chucky, I'm talking about, oh, we're talking about Goosebumps. Goosebumps. The television, the television series had Slappy the oh, doll. Yeah. And oh that's like, that, that, they aired on YTV. Yeah, why Which is like, I'm used to watching YTV to watch, you know, Rocco's Modern Life or whatever. And it's just yeah. like, it's just, you see a doll, like you play with a thing and it just comes to life to attack you. That's. Legit uh, give me nightmares. Yeah, like I remember seeing uh not only that but Courage the Cowardly Dog as well. That always I'm just like, what kid wants to see this? You know? It's just it's terrifying. Maybe I guess I mean then again, I'm still scared of like horror movies. Like every time I come on or I talk about films, like I'm like, oh it chapter two scared me. And people are like, I was laughing or it was such a yeah. joke of all uh, I don't know. Maybe I, I just I and I, I don't watch horror movies, period. I I I, I can't. Too scared for me? I can't. I, I can't do that. I don't know. It's not, it's not my scene. It's not my. It's scene. not my scene either. But I like being scared, and I'm really good at being scared. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I struggle with it at times. You know, because everyone's like, "Oh, I was laughing," or "It was such a joke. It was so bad." And I'm like, "Okay, even if the plot was bad, it's always those freaking jump scares that get me every single time, and I can't get over it." True to their name. True to their name. Yeah, yeah. I actually remember watching The Matrix, um, and you know, in that scene where they like take off his shirt and they throw neo down and they put the little mechanical thing in his stomach yeah that terrified me for like the longest time i was like i was like oh my gosh bugs can get into your body and stuff and I, that was the only scene i saw from the matrix and i'm just like what what movie is this yeah disgusting that's true um, I, I heard you guys mention uh, Courage the Cardly Dog. Yeah, God, I, I love that show when I was small. Just wow. You loved it. See, that's what I was just talking about. Because <laughs> that movie, like, really scared me. Like, I was just like, I'm not the movie, the, the TV show. I think they made a movie. Did they? I'm pretty sure they did. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty... Yeah, I don't know. It was just like some scenes in it were just so graphic, like so well done. You know, like when you're watching SpongeBob and they have like those really detailed scenes, like yeah, of a yeah. nasty Krabby Patty or like yeah, cru- like crusty. I mean, not crusty. The yeah, crusty. Like, 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 like yeah. Ren and Stimpy kind of originated that whole thing of like the still of like the gross thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like they kind of did that with uh, Kurt's cat, but it was like horror, so it was different, <laughs> oh. creepy. Well, yeah, I just love it. I just love that show. It's, it actually, it's one of the things that started my my love for for the horror genre. Basically, watching that show. I was about uh, eight or nine years old when I first saw it. By the way, just oh my gosh, <laughs> I didn't even know what I was watching. To be honest, but yeah, it's just God. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know who pitched that and was like, "Yeah, this is definitely for kids." But like, you could never get away with that nowadays. So maybe you know, maybe it's for the best. Yeah, like one of my childhood shows, by the way. Like the others would be uh, SpongeBob SquarePants, of course, but 
the bunch of them my favorite is i believe you've heard of um, avatar uh, the last airbender like yeah the movie was right. so great no i haven't i haven't seen the movie because go, yeah it's just go, what go, did go. it get on ron Turner's? let me let me look this up real quick <laughs> i can only imagine it was close to, it was like if not zero it was very close to it yeah i know oh it has a five percent on ron tomatoes 20 percent on metacritic and four out of ten on imdb mm-hmm. yeah it's that that yeah 1.7 rating audience rating out of 2200 ratings that's <laughs> yeah that's incredible <laughs> oh and then yeah netflix is trying to reboot this or something no 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 stay away from no just no, run for your life save yourself yeah. yeah i think netflix is trying to reboot this i'm not exactly sure if they're going to do a whole series or just a movie but you know i'm looking forward to it I think the series is is a classic in its own right. I you know I'm so confused on the definition between animation and like anime. Like I like like something's like cartoony, but it's not anime. But like like when you watch Pokemon, like but that was like on YTV. I think that's anime. But it's like, I, is it anime? Is, is anime as simple as like it's Japanese animation? So it, it has to originate from... Because think of, like, Miyazaki. Like, that stuff, like, that's all anime. Even though, like, it's... I don't know if, like, that's a kind of a base descriptor of it. But just, I don't know if there's such thing as, like, North American anime. North American anime? I honestly don't... I don't... Because typically, like, the stuff like anime goes like Sailor Moon. Like, it's all... Like, Japan. Yeah. Yeah, but it was super popular over here. Yeah, but, like, made in Japan. Yeah. it's weird because when i look back on my childhood i'm like i consider like pokemon and all that i think it's those cartoons but technically they'd be anime because they were just yeah maybe it's like they originally made in japan and then like dubbed i think that's might be yeah yeah official yeah to to the point i just did a quick search anime is it's a style of japanese film and television animation typically so it is like if it's not japanese made then it's not anime. Perfect. Interesting. Yeah, because um, Avatar it usually gets confused for anime, but it's actually a Western animation. It was made in America, and they use just some like Eastern influences for the show. So that's so confusing. Then I know. Right? I, thought, I thought the Last Airbender was. Uh, I thought that was anime. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, I guess at what point like does anybody actually care? You know, you like what you like. Get yeah. over it. Great. This is a really, if you guys haven't seen it, it's a really great show to binge watch. Like, the animation is spectacular. The characters are very well-written and relatable. And the show, it deals with very, like, mature themes and that's not, without pandering to the audience. And it really has great balance of comedy and drama. Plus some good life lessons, too. Like, very inspirational show. Great. Yeah, so holds up to this day. And it's, <laughs> was, it's been around for a while now, I believe. That's right. And, and it was so great they even got a sequel series to call the, the Legend of Korra, which... That's right. Oh, I've heard of that, yeah. That's right. Janet Varney. With Arnie? Janet Varney, who is the lead oh. of uh, Korra. I don't oh, know, she's Arnie. a comedian, that's all I don't know that. Which, again, <laughs> voice of that American woman. So, Western animation. That's the difference, I believe. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, and also, uh, since we are right now past the one hour mark, it's time for the ranking. So we're going to talk oh, about our top five uh, favorite films that we started watching during this whole quarantine. Let's start with our guest, with you, Brendan. Oh, my gosh. I don't even have five films. I have four. Uh, <laughs> did I even watch five films? I'm trying to think. Uh, I don't even know. I, I have four. I don't think I didn't watch too many films. I'm tr- I've been trying to catch up on TV series. But OK, so for my first one, uh, Ben really pushed this on to me. Uh, you may know it. Uh, this is Tread. Tread. <laughs> Are you familiar with Tread, Nick? <laughs> uh, no, not at all. <laughs> okay. okay, so Tread, uh, a little a while back, um, there was this, 2004 to be specific, um, there was this guy who was just fed up. Uh, he was pushed to his breaking point. Uh, he was a master welder, and he quietly fortified a bulldozer and systematically destroyed a numerous businesses and homes in the small town of Granby, Colorado. Uh, so this guy, he was just he was just so pissed off. Um, he just went on this rampage. And this is based on a true story. This guy actually did do it. I mean, it's a documentary. Yeah. Yeah, it's a documentary. It was good. It was good. I enjoyed it. I've, I've heard of this. Uh, I didn't I wasn't that old when this happened, so I, I don't really remember it. But I I heard some article referencing it from way back. And then this this came out in 2019, and Ben, I don't know why, but he just decided to watch it <laughs> recently, or <Yeah. laughs> and just pushed it on everyone. So I was like, okay, I trust Ben's taste for the most part. Uh, I'll check it out. <laughs> <laughs> he has some questionable, very niche things, but I mean, like for the sure. most part, Ben's good. So I was like, and I watched it, and it was just it was phenomenal. It was really great. So yeah, Tread, just this guy who's just like he sticks it to the man. You know, and I think a lot of people on YouTube, I really identify with that. <laughs> Specifically in the comments. His name is Marv. People love the guy who just like stuck it to the system. Even though like once you watch the movie, you can come to your own conclusion. Like who was right, who was wrong. I think everything's always mud- muddied. You know, the truth is never this or that. So yeah, uh, yeah tread, tread. It's good yeah, stuff. And I, and so I want to back up, Brent. I fully, highly recommend it to oh, everybody. So it's on Netflix. It's on Netflix, so it's easy access. Yeah. It's hour 27 minutes. It's no time. And it's one of the best documentaries I've seen in a long time. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Super great. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar, but uh, I also watched Bad Trips. So this is Eric Andre from the Eric Andre show on Adult Swim. Are you familiar with this, Nick? Adult Swim? Yes. Bad Trip? Nope. <laughs> okay. So this guy, Eric Andre, uh, he's known for doing like crazy stuff, like stuff I couldn't even think of in a thousand years, uh, mm-hmm. where he basically hosts, it's kind of like between two ferns, but like on crack, cocaine, meth, steroids, all the drugs. It's like, taken to, like <laughs> it's taken to like the next, next level. So he, he made this film uh, where he, I guess he kind of embodied like the, the Sacha Baron Cohen like style mm-hmm. where it's kind of like uh, a little bit of punked, a little bit of like, but it has a theme and it has a plot line and it's like, it's an actual movie movie and it progresses as such but like all the people who are involved don't really know that they're involved and it's kind of like at their expense so yeah that was bad trip uh it wasn't as good it wasn't as good as uh Satch's m- movies and mm-hmm. that leads me to my next one my third one bruno <laughs> i watched bruno for the first time now i gotta take you guys back so 
a couple of years ago, uh, Bruno was like on Shaw on Demand, and my family's like, oh, we should watch a movie. I'm a big fan of Borat. I'm a big fan of The Allergy Show. I'm a big fan of The Dictator. I've yes. seen like all, all his movies except for Bruno. And I was like, okay. I was like, I love this guy's work. He's a little controversial, but I think my family would understand. I was like, let's put this on. And my mom had no idea. And it was like my whole family. There's like seven of us. And so we all sat down and we watched the first 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> the first 10. And mind you, like the first 10 minutes are like the most raunchy yeah. <laughs> in the whole film. And the whole film's really raunchy. Yeah. And you thought I couldn't describe the first 10 minutes of the beach film. I'm not going to describe the first 10 minutes of Bruno on here. So, <laughs> no. I'll give you an idea. So, Bruno was so bad. And my mom was like so disgusted. <laughs> she said, I'm never going to pick a family movie to watch. <laughs> <laughs> ever again <laughs> uh so then uh ben recently uh shared uh stuff and so like i was able to watch bruno <laughs> and it was great it was great i i had a great time <laughs> watching it because i saw the first 10 minutes and i was and then i just revisited it and i'm just like this where has this been my whole life why did it take me this long you know quarantine to watch bruno because i love i love all this stuff yeah so it was, oh, it was so good. And then that takes me. Uh, so then I also mentioned earlier how I watched Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. That was, uh, yeah, it was okay. I understand why people like it, but it wasn't, it wasn't for me. I'm still gonna watch all the movies. Like yeah. I feel like I have to. You, yeah, yeah, you, 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 yeah. First ones, yeah, I'm, yeah. You should check them out. <laughs> maybe, maybe they get better. I haven't seen um, the third one yet. I have the third one, so I'm. We're gonna. I'm, I'm, I need to watch the third one. I'm excited to see it though. Yeah, heard it's heartfelt. Yeah, that's what I heard. Like I, I heard it like ends nicely, or maybe it doesn't. I don't know. Maybe it's like cliffhanger. But I heard like yeah. the way they kind of wrapped it. It was was really nice, and it was unexpected. Like people, I think expected it to flop, but I heard good things about it. So yeah, I'm slowly building my way up to that. I got to do so. It was excellent adventure, bogus adventure, and then face the music. I believe. Correct. Yeah. So I gotta cue all those up and get on that, even though I'm not really expecting much. <laughs> <laughs> So that might be the best way to be, though, because you might be pleasantly surprised. That's how I look at it. That's honestly because a lot of people are like, oh, you know, they hype up a movie too much. Then you go and see it and you're like, it was OK. But I think it was because they hyped it up. You know, if you had low expectations going in, then it would have been a good movie that you would have looked on it fondly. But if it's like, oh, I don't expect much. And then it's a great movie. It just catapults yeah. it like into like the next level. So, Brendan, it's a miracle you like any movie I ever recommend because <laughs> 100 or zero. It's never like, that's all right. So you're like, this thing stinks or all oh, you got. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Like Uncut Gems, 100, you know, Trash Humpers, zero. <laughs> <laughs> the Beach Bum, I, I have no faith in that. But I mean, maybe one day. <laughs> I'm expecting it to yeah, be zero. Maybe it's, maybe it's 100. Tread? Tread 100. Oh, so yeah. good. That's like a coin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I appreciate that you go out of your way, you know, despite that, Ben. And, you know, I'm still, I'm still here, you know, to listen to all your suggestions because, I mean, you literally know everything. So, yeah. oh. props to you. <laughs> So that was it. Yeah, I only have four. I don't. I don't think I've watched a fifth movie. So we'll move on to you. Your turn, Ben. Let's hear your list, BG. Oh, Brennan, you did watch MacGruber, though. Oh right, I Sorry, that's it. <laughs> MacGruber. I can't believe I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> that was. What a weird movie. That was. It was funny. It was like it was like a bad funny. Like, 
it was good, but it was like a bad good, you know? So I gotta give it like there were scenes in that that were just they were absolutely iconic. I mean the whole plot's I feel like a throwaway, but like it was the acting and I think like how they did things, how unconventional they were, that's what made it for me. But yeah. And just how they nailed like the eighties action movie. Oh yeah, the whole parody, yeah. Like I think I think they could have actually done like a good like I've seen parodies like that go like above and beyond like they had no right like i think of cabin in the woods specifically like right. they just it just doesn't have any right to be that good um so I, i've seen that and i'm kind of like comparing it to this and i'm like hey, the plot was yeah whatever but i mean it was based on but i mean so was everything ah whatever it's, it's a parody i'm dialing too much <laughs> <laughs> so yeah Oh yeah. So I was yeah. Sorry, that was my turn. I gave you another movie, Brendan. So hold on. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, bu- 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 the thing is, like Nick, like I watch, as you know, I watch so many. I've watched so many movies on this quarantine, so it's been hard to narrow slot it. Sometimes rewatching, sometimes. And it's like it's hard to say so but just i mean i'm no shortage of movies but just i'm focusing right now on some newer ones like i love first cow of course i was very excited for first cow that's hell yeah Kelly <laughs> movie was very hyped for that and I, it, it delivered very incredible ending and just i just i love slow deliberate movies like that and it's in the pacific northwest which all our movie kelly reichardt's movies are uh beautiful cow beautiful wonderful cow, cow. <laughs> it's, and it's just it's a lovely movie can um and then another end of that um movie came out uh, earlier this month early in august for those listening whatever you're listening to this was american pickle the the seth rogan movie which i thought was really really good but it's, it's kind of basically the plot line of that is um well, I'm just going to read this from IMDb and then ship away from it. It's an immigrant worker at a pickle factory is accidentally preserved for 100 years and then wakes up in modern day Brooklyn. And then what he he's greeted by, like, you know, his like his great I think his great grandson, who's also played by Seth Rogen. Wow. And so it's like this thing of like 100 years in Brooklyn. And it's like I think the writer, Simon Rich, who's brilliant. He's a great comedy writer. Um I think he said the origin for the word the, the German, the idea came from was thinking about his descendants, uh, thinking like they've worked so hard, like worked so hard doing all this stuff. And what would they think about me? I'm just writing like dumb comedy screenplays. Like, would they be proud of me for like, oh. you know, like they're just they like nearly killed themselves, like the hard labor work they did in the early 1900s, 1800s. And now, like, look what I'm doing. Thanks to them. You know, again, immigrants coming over to America and like was that like in the, the, the having some sort of guilt over that. So that's kind of like the kind of which is a, a weighty concept for a comedy. But then I think it's really funny. Like Seth plays both sides very well. And the movie movies almost entirely like a one man show between like the two Seths who are on screen. So you got like like the modern Seth who's just and then the, like the uh, the immigrant Seth whose name is Herschel, who's like like a heavy like you know classic Jewish kind of it's just this heavy accent it's it's funny but it's good. Um, there's a lot of weighty themes there. We recommend it. Um, let me think here. There's tons of movies. Uh, Beastie Boys story the documentary came out on Apple oh, TV. Yeah. 
but it's also it's available that Spike Jones directed. It's one of the most unique things because you think, okay, because they put out a book a couple years ago called Beastie Boys Book. And so they thought like they were going to do some live shows to talk about the story, but then they wanted to, you know, since they're creative and unique, they wanted to work alongside Spike Jones, who did a lot of their indelible videos, like Sabotage, Spike did for them, and all this stuff. So in front of a live audience in, I believe, Brooklyn, he, they kind of, the two remain, the living members of Beastie Boys, tell their story with this big projector of, you know, with the stuff that they're talking about. Like, if they're referencing something, it's it's on the screen behind them. There's also some fun, like, little, like, comedic bits in, in Disperse. So you, they tell the story of the group, but not in the conventional documentary way. Like, okay, because it's a performance. Yeah. It's really it's really well done. Um, tons of, and then other movies. I mean, I went through the Nancy Myers catalog, early quarantine lovely time something's got gives my favorite of those movies love that um all that jazz the bob foss movie i love that uh i was talking about miyazaki before i was rocked by watching a uh, kiki's delivery service I, oh. I think i referenced that on a past in city i it was so charming and just the like it's like a good friend movie a friendship and i was like i think i was the, the, i cried during it like this, really? this little witch with her little this bow little just witch. flying around and just like and she had works with this bread like selling bread and then just oh there's i for, i don't know i, I, I love kiki's larry service um tons of movies i i watched a lot, all of course a lot of sandler movies some most of which i've seen before <laughs> not to make them i didn't i didn't really cry during a deuce big little european gigolo i did not yeah. cry but or any of these other kind of movies but <laughs> but that was a journey in itself so just i've tried to write during quarantine just try to have a well-rounded watching oh what you know what well-rounded movie watching as i try to do in general but it was fun to like because it was like, especially when stuff's heating up with school and stuff, I don't have the time to watch as many movies as I want. But it was good when there was basically nothing to make. Okay, the, tonight I'm going to watch fill in the blank and then just, you know, write about it, talk about it. And just so it's like active in my head rather than just passive, passive watching. I just so it's the fact that I can like watch it and then talk about it on shows like this or whatever. It's great. Anyway, just kind of rambling yeah. on. I think I've said like a hundred movies. And also, during the start of the, the quarantine, you kept bringing up the films of PTA, Paul Thomas Anderson. Oh yeah, because he's my favorite director. I haven't rewatched any of those at this time, but just he's yeah, he's my all-time favorite director. And just um, so yeah, so Boogie Nights. You're talking about your tracking shot. You're talking about the your love tracking shots. Um, what instantly came to mind, I was going to chime in, so I'm glad you brought this up, Nick. This is why you're a good host. Is the beginning of Boogie Nights has an amazing tracking shot. Oh, yeah. That's Iconic. The, the thing that's great about that tracking shot, too, because sometimes tracking shots are like, like, what's the thematic purpose of it besides just like wanking off, like, I'm good at what I'm doing? Like, woo! Like, but the thing with like this shot is like, this is the movie's opening. You go into the club, and this is how you're meeting your introduction to these characters you're about to see. And it's just like, it's a really like a fun way to introduce to a, a good chunk of the characters you're about to see in the movie. And then that the tracking shot stops when Dirk Diggler, Mark Wahlberg's lead character, is there. Like then it's like okay, this is his story now. The focus of the story. Yeah, and it's just I, I it's one it's I know he was very inspired by the of course the iconic tracking Sean Goodfellas the, going in the Copa. 
Paul Thomas Anderson was inspired by that. But I think this like raises it to another level, and it's just since it's so much like it puts it sets the table, sets the scene, and just. I, I love that shot. So if you haven't seen the book, you, you should watch Boogie Nights in general because it's yeah. great. But just that tracking shot is like, I would, I study that. How long was it, by the way, the tracking shot? Like minute 30. Like I know there's, lo- there's technically, there's always longer ones, but I think for what it's trying to achieve, it's just, it's perfect for me. Hmm. Wow. Nice. And uh, yeah, and also I, I'd like to talk with you a, a bit, a little more before you move on to me about First Cow. Like, I just, wow. I, yeah, because you loved it too, Nick, as I recall. Yeah, like, first Cow. Yeah, Better than Barnyard? My, uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Shout out to Kevin James. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, and like you mentioned, man, yeah, I really, like, I really love films that are about, you know, friendship and brotherhood and this Which one. Is, yeah, that's right. First Cow is very much a movie about that too, for sure. Yeah, like, it's just wow. Like, and love how that, despite the, the two characters, like, uh, Cook was the was his name right and who and the 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 partner's name who was uh, like uh, an immigrant from china i believe like i love how despite all their the troubles they go through to make make something for themselves they always like stick stick together just until the very bitter end like that's just really inspiring stuff like the message of loyalty is just wow yeah just i love the mood of it and it's just it's nice it's just and just the great William Tyler's William, excuse me, William Tyler score sets it to, and just the nice. It's just, and it's shot in like I think they call it Academy ratio, where it's just like it's like a box rather than widescreen, mm. which works nicely with that. Which a lot of like uh, mid '90s shot that way. Grand Budapest <laughs> Hotel also, and um, uh, American Honey as well. Another good movie, American Honey shot, like that. which I saw also saw in quarantine. Another movie, American Honey. It's good. And yeah, like they really, I love. They really captured for a film that came out last year. They really captured the setting of the the eighteen hundreds of that of that time period. Yes, just and it's and I like and it's fun because um, the movie opens in the present, so you see where that like where. Like and I, I, which I, what, what I'm kind of reflecting on, it's a great choice because you see where we are now at that point, and then it's like I'm not gonna say there's a certain like a spoilery thing there at the beginning that shows that, but just you see where it, and then it just transforms like into where in the 1800s and just. I'm kind of rambling on, but yeah, I like that. But yeah, and and like you said, um, like I, this re- film really, since watching First Cow, I, I really started to appreciate, like you know, the the film's really slow slow burn. Like I appreciate, I mm-hmm. start before I, I was like kind of like iffy about that, but now I understand it better now because how That's awesome, like don't jump to the action. It, it always you gotta be patient for these kind of things. Is what I learned. Like, yeah, yeah, I love boys like that. I really do. And yeah, Kelly, Kelly, um, I'm right, gonna pronounce right, right, correct. Thank you. Um, she and she makes films that take place during you mentioned during uh, almost like, entirely in Portland or the Pacific Northwest area. Wow, nice. And this really, like, this film really sold me for what comes next in her filmography. I'm gonna watch also the rest of her films as well. They're, they're in the yeah. too, I believe. Yeah, you, you can, yeah, you can definitely watch those at various means, like the Criterion Channel, all that stuff. It's good stuff. And also, since watching the film, I've always wanted to learn how how to make those those cakes. You know, those. Like... Oh yes, the oily cakes. <laughs> <laughs> it's Brenda. You gotta see this movie. It's, First, you understand. Cow. First cow. 
right? It's really, it's heartwarming, inspiring, and also it'll make you kind of hungry too, so. Whoa, I'm actually vegan, so. Oh, <laughs> I'm joking, I'm not. <laughs> I, love, I love steak too much. <laughs> True. Nick, you've got movies? All uh, right, yeah. So it's like kind of like even this one was kind of a hard one for me to map out, but I got it. So at number five, for me, it would have to be Call Me By Your Name. Oh, good movie. Mm-hmm. I love that. Army Hammer. Uh, yeah. And, and um, am, I, again, am I pronouncing this right? Timoth- Timothy uh, Chalamet. Chalamet, right. Thanks. Thanks man. You're saying Charlemagne like Charlemagne the God, Brendan. Oh, Chalamet. That's, that's another guy. Charlemagne? That's the, that's the breakfast Wait, is club. Is it Charlemagne? No, it's Charlemagne. Timothy Charlemagne. Charlemagne. No R. No R. Uh, Again, you're thinking Charlemagne. <laughs> <laughs> or Char- Charmander. Okay. Charmander. 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 Uh. Timothy Charmander. <laughs> so, yeah, like, I just, wow, it's just a really a beautifully shot film, like, it in the streets of Italy, like, it, it's one of those, like, it really, it's like going into another world when, when I watch this film, like, yeah. so, and I love the use of color, too, it, it, it's kind of like the color palette is telling the story as well. It's also. true. Yeah. Great, uh, Luca Gugagiano, who's got a, the series, I just botched this last thing, he's got the HBO series, We Are Who We Are, a miniseries coming out um, September 14th, which I'm looking forward to. Yeah, will give me a look for sure, and, oh right, yeah, that, that new HBO show, right, yeah, I'm glad you told With us Kid about Kid Cudi is in it, Chloe Sevigny. Nice. <laughs> and again, just like First Cow, this film it's a it's also a really slow burn. But again, I, I appreciate I really appreciate how they do that as well. Like it it managed to make such everyday things like having breakfast, swimming, picking up peaches. Like it manages to make oh, yeah. all things really interesting and just definitely. <sighs> impressive and and yeah like i don't like and yeah i, I really love the like a whole the ro- how it's all out the romance type because i'm i am a i'm i'm a, I'm a straight guy but i actually and lo- i actually love it that the fact that i don't care if it, who the gender type is in this film like it's really just so hard hard of work. course yeah <laughs> definitely and I've seen many of uh, Timothy's films during this whole quarantine, but Calling By Your Name stands by far the best I've ever seen out of all of them. And yeah. can't wait to see him in the new Doom film. Now, D-D-U-N-E, by yeah. the way. Not Doom. Doom. <laughs> and, and at my number four, I give this one to Blue Velvet by David Lynch. Uh, Dave. Blue Velvet. Davey boy. I like John Swan. He he, David Lynch is now his favorite director, and he he sold me all of his most of his films, and as well as the, the show Twin Peaks. Like, shout out to John Swan. Thanks, thanks, man. Thanks, John. If you're listening to this, but yeah, yeah like Blue Velvet. Like, it's very. It's a very dark film, and I and I and I love that. I love the darkness. I darkness, my old friend. But yeah, <laughs> but. Yeah, like it's. I love neo noir. Is I really David Lynch masters these very well. I think, safe to say. But what really sold the film for me would have to be uh, Dennis Hooper's character. Uh, if I remember, Frank Booth. Like, mm-hmm. damn. 
he Dennis Hooper he he, he played Hopper the, by the way Hopper oh Hopper Hopper right oh, sorry <laughs> my bad Jesus um, like he, his character is just wow really like, so scary like it's like a ticking time bomb I'd say it's the best way to describe him definitely <laughs> wow and and also it has the the guy who played uh, Agent Cooper in in Twin Peaks as the Tom McLaughlin the great yeah like, wow it's and it's very also a very simple straightforward straightforward film to like a, a missing person's case just well done and everything about this film is, and this is one of the latest films i've ever i've seen by the way and so far it's um, my favorite out of david lynch's filmography so, yeah it's, it's a classic definitely yeah and um moving on to my number three one of the earliest films I've seen during the quarantine, which is The Lighthouse. Oh, oh yes. This film, it really told me that, yes, Robert Pattinson, he can do He can kill it as the next Batman. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't forget about Willem Dafoe, though. People don't oh, have Willem Dafoe. Love yeah, yeah, of course. Sure. Also, lots of farts talk in that. Oh, fart. Lots of talks of farts. <laughs> Why did you spill your beans? Yeah. <laughs> really great film. And I got to also give uh, things to think because he, we, during our second meeting on our, our first podcast, uh, Decade Play, he told me what's his favorite of 2019, of the whole decade, by the way. So, really? Yeah. yeah. He goes nuts for the lighthouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Goes ham. Well, he doesn't go ham. He's vegan, but yeah, he doesn't do nuts either. He's allergic. That's true. So really, neither of those things. Yeah, he just likes it. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, like, and re- and I'd say this is a film you definitely have to watch also on subtitles because um, the dialogue is you know very um how can I say this I'm very um Shakespearean like. Yeah. With, so well done. I, it's like to me, it's like the our times version of The Shining. You know about how about a bunch of guys stay in a, one remote location, and it's they start losing their minds, and we don't know if it's really ma- maybe it's ma- fant- fantasy or maybe it's just reality. Which I love that. Like, yeah. Just, you almost are starting to sing Bohemian Rhapsody there, Nick. Because like you're doing the intro of that. Is <laughs> it? I'm not gonna sing, but I'm gonna get sued by the Queen of Stage. But yes. <laughs> Yeah, and then my number two would have to be uh, Prisoners, you know, by Denis Villeneuve. Uh-oh. Yeah. Oh my God, that Jackman. Oh yeah, wow. that was such a stressful film. Like God, oh my God, like, and it also plays well on this topic of adult fear, which is basically losing your your children, like missing children, like, really. And I love how it explores the concept of morality too. Like, how is it really what he did? What to you know, Paul Dino's character was it justified or not? Like, just. Very tense film from start to finish. Like, yeah, yeah, definitely, and definitely one of Hugh Jackman's best too. Like, he a great performance. I heard many comments saying that he could be a great Joel for the in from Neil from The Last of Us video game if they ever make a live action adaptation for it. Right. Yeah, this is wow, really great. And also, and this is one of my first film by the director Denis Villeneuve. 
and I'm really so really hyped for what he'll do for Doom. So yeah, and again, the only not Doom, Brandon. So. <laughs> Good old Doom. So great list so far, Nick. What are you going to close up? Because we're at four, right? So we're going to close it off. Well, good question. And um, my favorite I watched during this quarantine happens actually happens to be the first film I've watched during this whole quarantine and still is. I give this one to Hereditary. That. All right. Oh, yes. Hereditary. I've, that's on my list. Uh, like that's seriously the scariest film I've ever seen. Like, I've it gave, since watching it, it has given me not night some nightmares here and there sometimes. But I still I've I watched the film three times. It's, it's that it's three. that three. Yeah, yeah, just love it. Wow. Uh, um, you 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 watch it, Ben? By the way, yeah. I have not seen Hereditary. But go for it. If you want, if you want meant to talk openly about it, it's all good. Yeah. No, I mean, Brandon, you want to see it, though. It's disturbing. Yeah. That's what everyone says. It's not like a traditional horror film. Mm-hmm. Like, when, when you expect horror to be, it's it's an actual. People say it's like how horror is supposed to be. Kind of like this is like the quote unquote like definition of horror that a lot of people were into, not just jump scares and creepy looking things. I mean, I'm, I've seen the trailer for Hereditary because I was on the fence. And, uh, and then people were just like, people were like, this is the scariest thing and blah, blah, blah. And I'm already like subject to like what people, you know, kind of like poo on to put it nicely. Yeah. <laughs> so like, so like if, if they, if they think that's like garbage and then they're like saying like, oh, this hereditary is like actually scary. I'm like, can I, can I watch this? Can I handle this? <laughs> Being honest with myself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like you said, Brennan, like this is not a different, unique type of horror film. Like no jump scares, no over-the-top gore, well, mostly. And just it's something different. It's It plays with your yeah. expectations. And yeah. basically, it's like a, a, a family drama, I'd say. Like to, this is how I, how I describe Hereditary to those who haven't seen it. It's like watching it like you're in a tight space and the walls just keep closing in every minute. Like that's... Just wow, and it also deals with the topic of dealing with grief, uh, dysfunctional families, and the subject of like mental illness, like you know the potential problems we might inherit from our ancestors. It's put a nice play on that. Yeah, Ari, like Ari Aster, he's right now is one of my favorite directors working today. Like he's really great at making these kind of films. You know, films that are fun for the whole family. Yeah, fun for the whole family. <laughs> That's one way to put it. <laughs> and, a great list, though, Nick. Thanks, and it was so great that, and I believe you guys have heard or seen uh, his next film, Midsommar. That was, I mean, I've definitely heard of it. Like just unique, also. Like it's a film that manages to be just as terrifying despite its bright and colorful atmosphere. Yes. Oh, just damn. And yeah. Like, wow. Hmm. Yeah. That's so awesome. yeah. It's a good list. Thanks, man. You guys too. Like so many films that I I have yet to watch. By the way. Yeah. The, the like movie Bruno. journey doesn't end. Right. It's so true. It doesn't end. Always oh, new wow. movies to watch. Oh hell yeah! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great, thank you. And also, and then there's of course films that are need to be made too, like say um, robbing the giving man. Robbing the giving. Oh, robbing man. the giving. Yeah, rob. <laughs> nice. 
the radio audience won't see us, but I gotta put my mask on. So let me just put my mask on for a second. Let me sec. Yeah. Darth Vader. Holy crap. Um, um by the way, uh, Ben, uh what's what's your what's your shirt say by the way? What's oh, the Darby Allen, who is a, a wrestler in all elite wrestling. It's this is his move, the coffin drop. It's hold on, there's like it's a it's like a coffin on like a skateboard because he's a he's a skateboarder too. Like he's and he says it's a coffin on it's Darby Allen, it's his uh, coffin drop. Damn man, nice, yeah. Well, you 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 I you keep like bringing up all these like rest, wrestling stuff like wrestling games, films, tournaments. You you could you could be a great you know a referee for this band for sure. A referee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Spectator. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just getting ready for my promo photo because I mean, we're going to do a promo photo. Like, I always have to have the mask, spread mask awareness in houses. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> True. True. Yeah. And uh, um, speaking now, uh, you mentioned speaking of uh, since I got uh, those who don't know, when I was back then, when I was in high school, I used to be uh, in, in the wrestling team. Like, That's and, right. Yeah, harrowing experience for me. But, yeah. Did you ever see the movie Win Win with Paul Giamatti? That was more uh, wrestling. Uh, uh, no, no. Tom McCarthy directed that. Who did Spotlight and The Cobbler? Tom I gotta give a look for that one. Ooh, you gotta so check out Win Win. Also, he did The Visitor with Richard Jenkins. And one film about wrestling that came to my mind is, is Warrior. I just love that film too. Sure, yeah. Again, love love Brotherhood films a lot. Yeah. Yes. So far, yeah. Just wow. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, oh! Look, would you look at that? Like, look at one hour and forty-three minutes. That's our longest episode by far. Well, when when are the balloons coming down? When like the celebratory <laughs> yeah. balloons coming down? Do we get like party favors or something? Yeah. A heart. Oh, look at that! Oh, For the audio That's audience, a heart came up. It's lovely. Wow. That's that's touching. Yeah. Thanks. So, and yeah, like, and to be honest with you guys, like, since we did really good this past hour, and honestly, I, I didn't have much of a plan when, when one, the plan for your appearance here on Sin City, man, like, I just didn't know what, what topic we could cover, but I figured, you know, we could just cover up random stuff about films. We just covered basically, a wide gamut. Oh, yeah, like, this is really like DMURBF, since it's mostly a topic-less show and brought it into a show about topics. Yeah. Wow, yeah. Truly, yeah. So it, was, it was definitely fun. Oh hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm just gonna make sure my lipsticks on properly. Sorry, I'm just making sure. You look beautiful, Ben. Yeah, thank <laughs> you so killing much. Killing Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So really, thanks for coming here on Sin City, Brendan and Ben. Like, so. Really nice. Thanks for coming, Brendan. I appreciate being invited to the show. It's it's been a long time in the making, you know. A lot of updates, you know. Everything's going according to plan. Shame Dane couldn't make it, but you know we do what we can. And Emmanuel wasn't Emmanuel supposed to be on this as well? Uh no, no, he's no. not. Dane, Dane, oh, excuse me. Brendan's a real Emmanuel head. He loves Emmanuel. 
Future nine-time guest on the show. You're saying nine times, <laughs> two-time guest, but he's already. We already got a contract with him for six more episodes. I'm telling you, Nick, you're like the Kevin Feige. Like you're like knocking him down, like Robert Downey Jr. contract. Daniel, <laughs> thank you. Like he's he could go down to be. He's basically like the Jackson Reed of Sin City. Like for most recurring. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you know what that means, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. The Emmanuel. That's good. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. A great, great time on Sin City. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. thanks for having me. Uh, yeah. Man. This is this is great. Sin City, hosted by one Nick Menendez. Um, and co-hosted by Ben Goodman, everyone's favorite campus dad. Campus daddy. <laughs> campus <laughs> daddy, yeah. Yeah, that's great. And and yeah, Brendan, if you you can, you'll de- we'll definitely have you on the line for more episodes. About ten of them, I'm guessing. Oh, I appreciate it. <laughs> wow, you're gonna beat Emmanuel. <laughs> <laughs> like it might be a bit far fetched, but one of my go, I'm a part of me feels like we could continue uh, our podcast in city. Maybe even after I finish Mount Royal, like I'm planning to go up to a hundred episodes. Like a hundred episodes. Holy moly! Yes. You got a lot of work cut out for you, but you know what? You have a you have a good work ethic, and I think you're sticking to it, so it shouldn't be that hard. Well, thank you, man. So you, so you BF, like you also got good work ethic with all your work on the SOB website. Like really great again. I can see you in a frame for employee of the month for sure, man. Employee, yeah. Tell it to Dylan Clark, Ben. Okay, next yeah. time you see him, Dylan Cook, <laughs> Dylan Cook, Dylan DC. <laughs> yeah, that'll that'll teach him. That'll put him in his place. <laughs> so good to have you here on guys I and uh, we got this one of a two-parter too because also in a few short hours it's gonna be Dane's belated birthday party yes oh so, um, yeah yes which we won't be going to but we w- yeah. hope you have a fun time thanks man thanks yeah thank you sounds like fun hopefully he doesn't reschedule it again but <laughs> yes we, yeah <laughs> anyways <laughs> do, do I get like a good shot like you know you like doing the promo shots Nick do you want to like <laughs> actually pose for because that's what I'm doing here I want definitely want one with I only want pictures of me with the mask Brendan could do a fun pose Nick you're very opposing you could do a fun pose here sure um <laughs> your thumb disappears I love it whoa in which shot ah this is fine yeah. <laughs> that's Whoa, my whole hand disappeared. Jesus. Okay, this is awkward. Oh, there we go. There we go. It's all good. Okay, nice. I love that. Oh, that's going to turn out great. I know it. Yeah. Okay. This is Vincent City, hosted by one of your hosts, Nick Manassas. And here with the incomparable Brendan Flarsky, aka BF, or Volet Ras, Bernardo Flarsky. God, that's a lot of nicknames. Come on. <laughs> Brendan Allen, yeah. And with, and with the amazing Ben Goodman here as our co host. And until then, see you next week, same time as always, here on CMRU.ca by students for you. God bless.